I would love to say that I've never been like Lehman and Lemuel, but the truth is that I for sure have. In fact, when we were expecting our third baby, I started spotting and that was concerning. So I mentioned it to my doctor and, and they said, oh, well, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. And it, you know, it could be bad. It could be, you know, this or this. And so I, I went home and I, and I did what you do in that situation. And I called my mom and I cried and I told her what was going on. And I said, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't, I don't know what I should do. And she said, well, the first thing you do is we're going to get you into a high risk specialist that deals with high risk pregnancies. And so we did that. I called and I switched doctors and I made an appointment. Well, I go into him the first day and I'm super nervous because I know that I'm there because things aren't okay. Right. So I go in there, but still hoping that he's going to say everything's fine. And he goes in there and we do the tests and he looks at the ultrasound and he looks at all the things that we're doing. And then he explains to me what is happening and that the baby isn't attached correctly. And that at some point the umbilical cord will detach and the baby will die. And in that moment, as he's saying this to me in the best way, he knows how, although it feels super heartless to me because I'm the one that is, you know, got hormones like crazy and, and trying to process what is happening inside my body. And I, I suddenly just kind of freeze and I, and I don't really know how to process this. And we close, I don't say much cause I don't know what to say. And we close the appointment and I, and I walk out and I walk home and I, and I just, I don't know what to do. And I, and I remember just talking to heavenly father and in disbelief and just saying, I don't even understand why this is happening or what I'm supposed to do about this. So I went throughout, I, I continued on in the pregnancy and because of what was going on and because of the high risk, I was having ultrasounds about every week and they would go in and they would measure everything and every, almost every single appointment before I left, the doctor would say, well, at some point this baby is going to die. So just kind of prepare yourself. And I, I don't think you can do that, right? I, I don't know how you, how you prepare for that. But I, I just continued on because I didn't have a choice, right? And I just kept walking through the storm that I didn't choose and that I didn't want, but that I had no option but to walk forward. And so I kept bleeding. Everything stayed the same. And I would just go through these appointments and go through these appointments. Well, one day I, I go in for my ultrasound and I'm in there and the ultrasound tech is doing the ultrasound and then she stops. And she puts down the ultrasound wand and then she says, um, I'm going to go see if I can find your doctor, which if you've ever been in this situation, you know, is not good news, right? They, they only say that when something is bad. And so in that moment, I, I kind of, I'm just frozen and I'm just, I'm just waiting and waiting and, and the minutes seem like hours and I'm just waiting for her to come back. And, and she comes back and she finally, it, it was, it seems like an eternity, eternity. It was probably five minutes, but she seemed like forever. She came back and she said, okay, I can't find your doctor and I can't find another doctor who's available. And then I knew that was bad because not only did she try to find my doctor, but she tried to find another doctor. And she said, and I, I can't, I'm not a doctor, so I can't consult you. But what I will tell you is this. I will talk to your doctor as soon as I can find him. If you go into labor today, 
you need to go straight to the ER or to labor and delivery. And she started, you know, explaining all the things I needed to do. Well, this baby was not supposed to come for a long time. And I had had NICU baby, I, a NICU baby. I had had early, tiny, tiny babies. I knew that how early we were was really bad. And so my brain said, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'm just close and maybe I've still got a ways. So I looked at her and I said, okay, well, can you just tell me like, how, like, at what point in pregnancy, um, are women usually at the point that I am? Cause my, I mean, I, my body was thinning. It was ready. It was ready to have a baby. Right. And she said, I don't know because I never see them that late. And it was in that moment that I knew that my body was ready to have a baby today, today. And that's why when she looked at it, she told me what to do if that happened. So I, I walked out of that room and was trying to remind myself to breathe because that wasn't really happening. And as I walked from the doctor's office to my car, I just had tears just streaming down my face. And I looked up to the sky and I just said, heavenly father, why is this happening? And, and I knew that I needed to have faith, but it wasn't in me. I, I knew I needed to believe and I needed to trust him. But in that moment, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I wanted to, and I wanted to believe, but it wasn't in me. And I, looking back and understand now how sometimes when we read the story of Nephi and Laman and Lemuel, Laman and Lemuel get a pretty bad rap. And we say, how could they not believe they saw an angel? They, they had all these amazing miracles and experiences where the Lord delivered the plates into their hands. How did they not believe? And what I realized is the reason they didn't believe is because in part of where they were. As I walked to my car, did I believe in God? Yes. Did I believe in the Savior? Yes. Did I believe in grace? Yes. But in that moment, I was scared and I was hurting and that took over my faith. And so today I want to share with you the story of Nephi and Laman and Lemuel and the walk through their storms of life and what happens with them and why sometimes they could have faith and sometimes they couldn't and how that applies to us. I'm going to be sharing with you what we can learn and, and specifically a technique that heaven has shown me about how, what has helped me when I am in the storm and when I don't have faith, how to get myself through and pull myself out. So I would love to know, I know there's people listening to this that are in their storm right now. If you have something that helps you when you're walking through those trials of life, that's still your faith, what helps you to keep the faith? Let's just build some little faith energy, right? For people that are going through that. Cause so much love so much love to you if you are in that place. And I know I left you hanging, so I need to like finish the story here, right? So I, I'm going to have to tell you the whole story sometime, but to make a long and incredible story short, that baby made it. And even though my body was supposed to have that baby that day, I didn't. And somehow she made it. She stayed in me. And she is a healthy and wonderful young lady today. And so, so many miracles. And so also hugs to you, because I know some of you have had a similar story that didn't turn out the same way. 
So know that I completely recognize that the reason my story turned out the way it was, wasn't because of my incredible faith, because like I said, in that moment, I'm not sure I had any, but it was just the journey that was placed before me. So, so much love to those of you who have had to walk through a storm that was much more difficult to bear. If you're here for the first time, I'm Jamie Knapp. This is the Inner Strength Parenting Podcast. So whether you are parenting little kids, teenagers, or just your own brain, which is what I do all of the time in addition to my kids, then welcome. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to be talking today about First Nephi. And so if you are doing this with Come Follow Me, we do follow the Come Follow Me scriptures. So that is awesome. But you also may just be watching this because you are in a storm of life and are wanting to find that faith. So whatever it is, or maybe one of your kids is struggling and you're hoping to give them some strength, I hope today gives you all of the insight that heaven has in store for you today. So without more hesitation, let's jump in. Let's jump into 1 Nephi chapter 16, verse 1. This is Nephi speaking, and he is very real here. He says, it came to pass that after I, Nephi, had made an end of speaking to my brethren, behold, they said unto me, thou hast declared unto us hard things more than we are able to bear. Now, once again, we give Laman and Lemuel so much flack for their attitude, but let's be real here. Who has not been in that place where they say too much, Heavenly Father, <laughs> too much, I have had too much and I don't know if I can bear this. And that's what Laman and Lemuel were experiencing. And so I have to have so much grace for them and recognize that the reason they responded the way they did in part was because they felt like they were in over their heads. They had given what they could, nothing left to give. And in verses 14 through 16, we read that they are having to go into the wilderness to slay food for their families. And sometimes in life, we are in our own wildernesses. We'd love to just go to the grocery store, but things are more difficult. And maybe that is just some sort of trial that we're up against, but these guys were having to do things the hard way and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but it does say in verse 16, we did follow the directions of the ball, which led us in the more fertile part of the wilderness. And what I love about that is it points out that yes, we have to go through hard things in life. Yes, there's going to be trials and storms and wildernesses, but if we will follow the directions of the ball, which would be our personal revelation, then it will lead us in the more fertile parts of the wilderness. So it won't take away the trial, but it will help cushion the trial, help it be a little easier and bring us more tender mercies and evidences of God's love for us and his grace as we go through the trial. And then if we continue on, into verse 18 through 20, we find out that while Nephi goes to slay food, his bow breaks, <laughs> his bow breaks. And so they're doing all this work to slay, to get all this food. They're working hard. The bow breaks. They're, his brother's bows are not working either. They're exhausted, being much fatigued. We've all been there, right? And it says that they come back to camp. They don't have any food. Everyone's hungry. Everyone's exhausted. And in verse 20, it says, Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael did begin to murmur exceedingly because of their sufferings and afflictions in the wilderness. And also my father began to murmur against the Lord, his God. Yea, they were all exceedingly sorrowful, even that they did murmur against the Lord. Here I see that the reason they're murmuring is because they've given all they have to give. 
And maybe you're in a stage of life where you're not getting sleep and you forget to eat because you're constantly taking care of kids. And maybe that's where you are some days. Maybe you feel your heart murmuring and complaining and you're feeling like life is really hard because it is, because it is. Laman and Lemuel and Nephi's life was hard. Was the reason to complain? Yes, yes. And we all are there sometimes. Now, the other day I had a situation where I caught myself. I caught myself in a Laman and Lemuel moment. And what happened is that I, I was given my third calling. And I know, I know you guys, I know some of you don't have a calling at all and you want one. And so my brain was like, why do I have three when somebody else wants it? And, and I don't want three, right? <laughs> I have so much on my plate already. I'm doing so many things. I'm doing what the Lord's asking me to do by doing this podcast and, and trying to help people and share the love and share the light. I have four kids. I also run a coaching business and teach parenting things. And I am helping at the school and volunteering there and three church callings. And I thought in that moment, this is not even possible. This is not even possible. I wonder if Soraya ever felt that when she was asked to live in a tent forever. I don't know. I would have, right? So in the moment, in the moment, I'm having that Laman and Lemuel moment where, where I feel myself start to murmur and complain in my heart, right? And I'm thinking, why, why, why am I doing this, right? Why am I being asked to do this? So I, I for a minute, did a Nephi and I went to the Lord and I said, okay, Heavenly Father, let's talk about this. Is this what you want me to do? Because if it is, I'll do it. I'm in, right? And so I talked to him about it and he said, yes. And so I said, okay, I will do this, right? And I was fine. I was happy. And that's what happened with Laman and Lemuel. The Lord would speak to them. An angel would come and they were fine. They were happy. But then what would happen again is that life would continue on. It would get hard and the complaining would come up again. So as we read this story, we're going to go through the difference between Laman and Lemuel, but I want you to just open your mind to the possibility. Instead of saying, oh, I would never be like Laman and Lemuel, I want you to just open your mind to the possibility that all of us have a Nephi and the Laman and Lemuel within us. And rather than being one or the other, it's really a battle between the two in our hearts and in our minds. And so there's times in our lives when we act like Laman and Lemuel and others when we act like Nephi. So we're going to talk about what, how that happens, why it happens, and how we can summon that Nephi faith when we start to feel like Laman and Lemuel. And so for me, I, I would feel myself start to, you know, start to have those feelings and, and then I would kind of catch myself and I'd be like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And it would kind of go back and forth. So I want to show you what Nephi and Laman and Lemuel did. And then I'm going to share with you what I did to help myself get to a better place that was so, so helpful that I hope will be really helpful for you the next time that Laman and Lemuel inside you decides to pop up. So in verse 21 through 23, Nephi points out something really important. He says, I, Nephi, having been afflicted with my brethren. I think it's important for us to notice this, that Nephi went through the same things as Laman and Lemuel, the same obstacles, the same persecution, the same desert, the same storm. And yet his 
experience and his reaction and his relationship with the savior was so different than theirs. So different than theirs. So Laman and Lemuel are complaining, murmuring, even Lehi is starting to murmur here because everyone's tired, everyone's hungry. Nephi's response in verse 23 is so instructive. He said, I, Nephi, did make out of wood a bow and out of a straight stick an arrow. Wherefore, I did arm myself with a bow and an arrow, with sling and with stones. And I said unto my father, whither shall I go to obtain food? I love that he is in the same situation, but instead of being a victim and instead of complaining about all the things that are happening to him or that the Lord is allowing to happen to him, he looks at his situation and says, what could I do? What can I do? And he does it. He makes a bow, he makes an arrow, and then he goes to his father and he says, where should I go to get food? I think every parent needs a child like this. Can we just all have a Nephi, right? All have a Nephi that when we are struggling and we are murmuring is such a beacon of light for us to remind us to have faith, to remind us to be strong. I just love Nephi. He's amazing. And then as we go on, we find that Nephi looks at the Liahona and he discovers that it works according to the faith and diligence, which they give to it. And he sees that there's writing on the ball that helps him understand the ways of the Lord. And in this case, he actually sees directions on the Liahona that tells him where to get food. So in his, in his wilderness, in his trial, the Lord didn't take the trial away, but he did give him revelation to help him know what he could do, what he could do to make things better. And the Lord does the same with us through personal revelation. Although a Liahona would be nice, right? We would all love one of those. In chapter 17, verse three, we learn a truth. One of those truth nuggets that is so beautiful. Nephi says, if it's so be, that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nurse them and strengthen them and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he has commanded them. Wherefore, he did provide means for us while we did sojourn in the wilderness. Nephi, instead of murmuring and complaining, goes and does what he can do. He follows the directions of the Lord. He gets food. And what he learns from that is that the Lord always nourishes his children and strengthens them and provides means that they can accomplish the things that he asked them to do. I love that he found such a powerful message in his wilderness. And in chapter 17, verses 13 and 14, we learn the point of this entire story. Sometimes when we are in a trial and things are hard, we ask the why question. Why is this happening? Why hasn't the Lord taken it away yet? I know he could, so why isn't he? That why word pops up all the time. And this, in these verses, the Lord answers the why. He says, ye shall know that it is by me that ye are led. So while they're walking through the wilderness, while they're going to the promised land, is it going to be hard? Yes. But what they are going to come to learn along the way is that the Lord is indeed leading them. And then the Lord says, after ye have arrived in the promised land, Ye shall know that I, the Lord, am God, and that I, the Lord, did deliver you from destruction, yea, that I did bring you out of the land of Jerusalem. With my baby, I don't, in the moment, I had no idea why that was happening. I didn't know why I was asked to go through that or, or why the Lord didn't take it away, why he didn't just make the bleeding stop and make the problem go away, because I knew he could. But why didn't he? Well, I think that one of the reasons he did it is because when 
that baby made it, I knew, I knew that it was a miracle. I knew that it was the Lord because it shouldn't have happened. And with Nephi in the wilderness and Nephi going through what he went through, they went through things that should not have worked out. And yet they did. And because of that, they came to know the Lord. And sometimes the storms we go through have the same purpose. Their purpose is to help us come to know that the Lord is leading us and that he is delivering us so that we will have that testimony. Could the Lord take away the storm? Yes. But the lesson is more valuable. The lesson is more valuable for us and for Nephi. So their next, their next challenge here is that they are now supposed to build a ship. They're supposed to build a ship. Nephi doesn't really know what he's doing. Laman and Lemuel think there's no way he can, but Nephi, because of the journey he's just been through, because he has watched the Lord lead him and deliver him, and he's come to that knowledge because of the wilderness he was asked to walk through, Nephi knows this. He says to his brothers, and now if the Lord has such great power and has wrought so many miracles among the children of men, how is it that he cannot instruct me that I should build a ship? Because of the wilderness he has just walked through, he's not afraid of what the Lord asks him to do next. And that is the point of the journey. So he's going to build this ship and they get it, they get it built. And then comes the, the journey, right? Then comes the journey. They're on the sea. And it says in chapter 18 verses 13 through 16, we learn that there is a great storm and the people on the boat are frightened exceedingly. They feel like they're going to be drowned in the sea. Very, very scary place for them. Sometimes we may not be able, we may not be called to be in this situation where we're actually on a boat and we feel like we're being drowned. But there's plenty of experiences in life where we do feel like we're drowning. And we feel like we're just everything is that we're in over our heads. And so I want you to just consider for a moment that Nephi and Laman and Lemuel are all on the same ship. They're all in the same tempest. They're all in the same situation. And yet their responses are very, very different. Their responses are very, very different. Laman and Lemuel are tying up Nephi. They're angry. They're tired of listening to him. So they're tying up Nephi. And because of that, because they tie him up, then the sea gets more wild and, and the Lord sends even more of a tempest to, to drive them back. And, and this is why they feel like they're going to drown. And so in this moment, they are feeling like they're really lost. And so it says never, the, but Nephi responds very differently. It says in verse 16, nevertheless, I did look unto my God and I did praise him all the day long. And I did not murmur against the Lord because of my afflictions. So amazing that he is in the same situation and yet his response is so different. Laman and Lemuel are murmuring, complaining. Nephi is not. How does he do that? Well, I asked myself this same question. How did he not murmur? How did he not complain? How did he keep his faith when everyone else had become exhausted and overwhelmed and was complaining and murmuring? How did Nephi stay so strong? And as I read these verses and as I read this story, 
it occurred to me that the reason Nephi was able to do this is because he had seen the Lord's miracles. He had seen the Lord's hand in his life. He had noticed it. He had gone to the Lord when he had questions. And because of that, he had evidences in his life. He had things he could look back at and say, I know the Lord led me then, and I know he's going to lead me now. And so as I, in my situation, as I, as I caught myself starting to murmur a little bit and, and not want that third calling, I asked myself a question. Why should I trust the Lord in this storm? Why should I trust the Lord in this storm? And I asked the Holy Ghost to do what the Holy Ghost does, and that is to bring all things to my remembrance, to bring all the evidences to my life, of from my life to my remembrance of when the Lord helped me, when he gave me strength beyond my own, when he helped me do what he asked me to do, when miracles happened and things worked out that shouldn't have. And I remembered that experience with my daughter and how her life was saved. I remembered experiences when other people had been blessed. I remembered when we got a job, when my husband got a job that he maybe he shouldn't have received. I remembered when where we were supposed to live worked out. I remembered all of these situations and all of these times where maybe I received a calling that I felt completely unqualified for and ended up loving or ended up learning something through. Because sometimes the point of the storm is what it does to us and how we come to know the Savior through it. And so I asked myself that question. And as the Spirit brought all of these things to my mind, it helped me trust now. Because as I knew that the Lord had always been there, it was easier to believe that he would be now too. And even though my brain knew that, I know that, I know that, but my body still wanted to complain because my body was looking at my calendar thinking, I'm not sure if this is humanly possible unless I clone myself. And so my, my body was saying that, but my spirit said, trust, trust. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you should take on more than you feel like you should, you should. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that sometimes the Lord asks you to do things that maybe you don't think you have the capacity for. And maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a reason. So why should I trust him in this storm? In 1 Nephi chapter 21, verses 14 through 16, it says, but behold, Zion hath said, the Lord hath forsaken me and my Lord hath forgotten me. There are times that sometimes we might feel like that. We might feel like that. But he will show that he hath not. For can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee, O house of Israel. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. In this scripture, the Lord shows us that he is continually helping us. He is always there. He will never forget us. So regardless of the wilderness or the storm, we feel like we may be in. Regardless of if we feel that murmuring coming up and we're trying to hold on to that Nephi, if we can remember when the Lord has blessed us and ask, why should I trust him in this storm now? Then it will help us have the faith and remember that he is always 
He is always taking care of us and will never forget. In this last verse, I want to share with you. It says in 2 Nephi 22, verse 12, they shall know that the Lord is their savior and their redeemer, the mighty one of Israel. And really that is the point of this entire story is that everything we go through is to help us know that he is our redeemer. He is the mighty one of Israel, not the weak one, not the show up once in a while, but the one who is always there, who is mighty to save, even when, even when. And so whatever that storm you're being called to walk through is right now, know that the Lord sees you, that he has not forgotten you, and that the reason he is asking you to walk through this is so that you will come to know him and know that he is mighty to save, not just everybody else, but you. And that Nephi, who I would consider is one of heaven's greatest warriors, was formed in the wilderness and on the sea in those moments when he may be worried he wasn't enough. It was in those moments that the Lord showed him he was stronger than he thought, but more importantly, the Savior was mighty to save. If you know someone right now that is maybe going through their own storm, I hope you'll share this with them as a reminder that heaven's mightiest warriors are made in the wilderness and on the seas, and that their journey is seen by the one who is mighty to save. I'm Jamie Knapp. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a wonderful week as you love your life, live your mission, and raise kids who do the same. I'll see you next week.